I can't improve on what my friend and science fiction author Sarah Hoyt said, so I'll just steal her words. If your schadenboner lasts more than four hours, enjoy it. And that was her reaction to the New York Post headline, Inside Disney's Disastrous Year of Box Office Flops. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott. This is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. And I'm speaking very gently today due to a sore throat. Uh, gentlemen, we've talked about Disney before with the woke stuff. Uh, we've talked about the bad casting and all the rest. But it, it it's really, there's just a lot of perspective here, looking back at their box office year. Uh, eight, eight movies, seven ugh, didn't do so well. Four of them were outright flops that cost the studio over a billion dollars. Just, just those four. And let me give you this rundown here. Ant-Man 3, The Marvels, which was really, uh, Marvels 2, Indiana Jones 5, a live action Little Mermaid reboot, a Haunted Mansion reboot. People were just begging for that, weren't they? Yeah. In August... Did that even come out? Right, go I, figure. I don't even remember that coming out. <sighs> I, I have no idea. Not, not October, uh, Pixar's Elemental October. Uh, Wish, which was a, a Pinocchio takeoff where the star is a character. And the one bright spot was Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And it's just, it's hard to go wrong with uh, Chris. What's that, Pratt? I lose track of my Chris's sometimes. But he, he's just so personal, engaging. He got the raccoon and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, that right, one yeah. made money. All the rest were stinkers. Um Bill, I want to ask you about the Marvels, because everybody said, oh, this movie's going to be woke, it's going to sting. It turns out they removed all the woke stuff, and maybe that's why the movie's only 88 minutes long, which isn't much for one of these uh, Marvel superhero movies. Could it be that woke isn't really Disney's problem, it's just that the movies kind of suck? Well, yeah. Um, so it's, it's you know, I don't want to split hairs definitionally. It's not... It, it's certainly Disney's, most Disney's hits are, are because of this far left wing philosophy that they've injected in there um, because nobody wants their philosophy. So since w- nobody wants to listen to what they have to say, let's inject it into the Little Mermaid. Everybody loves the Little Mermaid. And then that way you'll get your you'll get your damn medicine, whether you like it or not. So if, you can go in and surgically remove all of the all of the woke comments, all of the woke uh elements and so on and you're not left with much of a movie because the bigger problem steve is not even so much that the that the studio or the or or the writers are are woke it's that they're it's just that they're they have not had any life experiences this is this is really what it comes down to you just just to take one of the more extreme examples uh gene roddenberry for example was a was a a uh a decorated uh, airmen during World War II. Most of the Hollywood people that we know, Jimmy Stewart was a, was a, was in fact at the height of his career when he enlisted, became a brigadier general in the United States Army. Uh, the 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 name Hollywood evokes, used to evoke, and to some degree still to some degree does, a, a sense of wonder because of the quality of the storytelling. But just taking Roddenberry as one small example, these stories were made by people who had enormous life experiences, and when. And when college no forget the fact that that, that that they're no longer written by people who went to war, they're not even written by people who went outdoors. They're, they're, <laughs> when 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 your when your entire purpose of a university when I went to a university, the purpose of a university was to present you with diametrically opposed ideas to your own, usually delivered in the form of people who'd grown up from a different 
entirely different social position than you, and then you could discuss things and learn things and gain some worldview and some perspective and some some genuine real tolerance and, and, and all the rest of this stuff. But when you've got people writing movies and all they know how to do is protest, that's their only job skills, all they're allowed to do. They can't compete anybody in any other way. They're not allowed to compete to see who has the, the best car. They have to compete to see who can rack up the most victim points. So ultimately, storytelling is, is writing. It's all about the writing. Uh, Disney has the budget and the, and the, uh, and the standing army of, of, of below-the-line talent to create something that looks good mechanically out of anything. The problem is the stories, and the stories are being written and directed by people who not only have no wide life experiences, their only life experiences are how to attack the system that they're working for, and and their stories are absolute, utter garbage. No, I, tell, tell me no the story idea. of the Marvels. Tell me what the Marvels was about. Hmm. I dare you. Yeah, no idea. Exactly. Tell me what Wish was about. Tell me what any of these things were about. What's the story? If you ask me what's the story of Pinocchio, I could tell you. Or what's the story of Snow White, I could tell you. If you, tell, if you ask me what the story of of, um, of Lady and the Tramp is, I could tell you. But, but this garbage that comes out is not just garbage because of what they put in it. It's garbage because of what they leave out of it. There's no genuine human emotions and when you've got a philosophy like like modern progressivism that is so antithetical to human nature where and what i mean by that is when you've got a movie where where you see a, an army of charging barbarians and and you've got a handsome prince and a, and a beautiful princess and it's the beautiful princess who grabs the sword and goes charging into the horde of barbarians when your philosophy is so badly misaligned with every emotional cord that we have within us as humans you're going to have problems and disney will you could get rid of every left winger that disney has and you would probably still be stuck with people who didn't know how to write a story because they've never really had a chance yeah. to deal with real people uh it, it just to wrap this up it reminds me of that very famous quote by william f buckley right i'd rather be governed by the first 435 names in the in the what was it the boston phone book than than, than by the clowns we have if if i had eight movies to make this year and i had a chance to do a national random lottery of eight lives i wouldn't i wouldn't pretend that they could write the stories but i would be i'd be willing to bet you i bet you would have to them me of something story, I, I realized with many years ago and i don't think i've ever year. shared with uh, with with you two or our viewers of the show and that is frank sinatra when he was young had a beautiful singing voice but i don't think he became a great singer until after his disastrous marriage to ava gardner and he came out of that divorce and of the bitterness and everything else within the wee small hours of the morning which was one of the greatest albums of all time. And then he followed that up with just a, a series mm. of one great album after another. And it's, it's that life experience that, that, yeah. I, I, I just, let me just, let me just add one thing to that. Cause you were, you gave me a, a really clear example. So take, um, take Billy Joel, just as an example, uh, on, on his, on his first two albums, just take, just take piano man as an example, right? Uh, 
Piano Man is a song that's written by a hungry guy. I mean, Piano Man is written by a yeah. guy who's hungry, who knows he's good, yeah. who knows he's going nowhere. You, you can't invent the lyrics for Piano Man from, from, from a, a mansion in Beverly Hills. You just can't. You, in order to write Piano Man, you have had to spend years in a bar, you know, with, with a beer, with a microphone that smells like a beer, right? And, 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 and lived it. And once Billy Joel marries Christy Brinkley, it's like, I'm not expecting any more, you know, gritty kind of, you know, and, and he, and I, I believe he was open enough to admit this. He's like, I, I, I wrote songs about, about being on the streets in New York, about being hungry. And, and that's what, that's what makes life interesting. And, and that, that's just a perfect example of what you're talking about, Steve. You, you, it, it's a it's a tough thing to say, but great art and great artists are the product yeah, of intense I, pain. I can't, I can't and think and I don't believe I've ever seen any exceptions that's, to that. That's not really. just the cloudiness I've got from the Mucinex, because it's a subject I've thought about a lot. That Frank Sinatra example is one that's been bubbling in my head for, for years and years. Um, Scott, you said on several occasions just one of the sweetest mm -hmm. things I've ever heard in my life, and that is you don't really care what movie you go see as long as you get to, to sit in the theater and hold your wife's hand. Um, but what in this slate of sequels and reboots could possibly get you into the theater if it wasn't something that uh, your wife wanted to go see with you? Um, yeah, that's 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 a good question. Um, I, I will tell you though, I take no no joy in this. I don't have any Schadenfreude moment when it comes to the failure of Disney to live up to the great that legacy the that was established in its early years. Yeah. Um, I lament the fact that they've failed to do that. I um, mean, it saddens me. It's like it's like seeing yeah, it's, you know the downfall like crash of, or of baseball and Chevrolet. You know, it's like. Um, I, I don't want to to see um, I don't want to see the the flag tarnished, and that's in a sense what I see when I see the, the Disney brand um, failing to live up to its great potential. I mean, to a certain extent, throughout the history of storytelling, all narrative is commentary, um, but. It just seems to me that in recent years, so much of the storytelling we see is not only derivative, uh, but can't kind of step beyond irony. And so it's 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 almost like a everything is uh, a commentary Meta. on previous storytelling, um, not on actual life. It's like it's like Bill said, where it's it's like these folks haven't had any real experiences upon which they could base uh, real stories. Um, and I think when when storytelling is done effectively, let me take Piano Man as, as an example. I mean, it's about a guy who plays piano for a living. Almost nobody does that. However, in that story, everybody can identify with something. And all of the characters in that story are in a place where they don't want to be and they never thought they would be and don't think they're going to be forever. But but basically they probably will be. And there's this kind of aching that goes on in your heart to think I could be more than this, um, but, but I'm not yet. You know, I, I want to be a novelist. I want to be, you know, I want to get out of this place. And, and the storyteller does a good job of capturing people's inner thoughts, the inner dialogue that's already going on within them and, and tapping into their aspirations uh, rather than, um, than just lecturing them 
on how they need to change. And when you go to a movie that basically starts to lecture you on how you need to change, you feel that immediately. They've gone, they've, they've gone around to the other side of the table. They were sitting next to you, identifying with your struggle, with your pain. And then they go around to the other side and basically say, oh, here, you're somebody who needs help, and I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Um, it was my my uh, disappointment, not that I was expecting to be surprised and delighted, but my disappointment with the Barbie movie is how they blew at a great opportunity to make a really entertaining movie, and they had all the, the ingredients to do so, and then yeah. they decided, you know what, heck with the movie, let's just do a lecture. And uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't enjoy seeing one of the greats of the American movie business uh, descend like this, and and maybe at some point, like you know, every addict, they'll they'll hit bottom and uh, and either die or realize that um, there is a power greater than them. <laughs> And that they have much to uh, repent of, and yeah, that, that I would, maybe there's I would a future love if they nothing more than to see roots. Disney make a full recovery. Because what what a legacy! And we we've already seen them recover once in the late '80s and and throughout the the, the '90s. It was a it was a beautiful thing to to see Disney's resurrection. I I would like to see their re-resurrection, if if that's a word. Um, but about the storytelling, that, that's what really got me. I I had no idea go, coming into this how I was going to close this segment. But I want to talk about this storytelling thing because there's a difference between Ant-Man and Ant-Man 3, whatever they actually called that movie. I can't even remember now. Um, Ant-Man, he didn't have to save the universe. He's just yeah. an ex-con who wants to live a good life and be reunited with his daughter and be a good dad. That's a great story right there. Uh, the the suit, the shrinking, all that, that's that's just the that's the MacGuffin that, that gets you to the ending with the daughter because... The, there's no, there's no great secret to telling a good story. Right. Just give us likable characters that we can relate to and put them through hell. That's, that's it. And we've, we've entered this thing that I call escalating stakes syndrome. Everything has to be about saving the world or saving the universe. And I feel like, I feel like Mr. Incredible sometimes going into these movies where at the beginning during those, those built-in outtakes of, of the Incredibles where Mr. Incredible says... You know, I just, I get tired of saving the world. Sometimes I just like to, to stay safe for a while. And as a, as a movie viewer, I feel the exact same way. And I, I noticed this, <laughs> it's been almost 20 years ago now with, with 24, uh, the Keith, or Sutherland TV series, which the first season, it was great. Uh, Jack Bauer just had to stop the bad guys from breaking yeah. the other bad guy out of jail. That was it. That was it. Stop the prison break. And in between, there was a lot of hell he had to go through. And uh, I won't give you any spoilers in case you've never seen 24. But it was a small human story that everybody could relate to. Season two, ah, Nuke goes off in Los Angeles. Season three, biological warfare. It's going to kill everybody. It's like, no, dial it back. Give us a human story. And if Disney can get back to telling us human stories, which, by the way, they've been doing with, with elves and fairies and talking puppets telling us human stories. That's how you re-resurrect Disney. And that's your right angle on that, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.